Hello, and welcome back to Hope, a podcast wishing to inspire listeners everywhere with weekly stories and personal testimonies from our wide range of guests. The Webster's Dictionary defines hope as a desire accompanied by expectation of or belief in fulfillment. I'm your host, Danny Daniel, and thank you for listening. Let me introduce you real quickly. Um, This is Amanda Martin that we're talking with. She's the Director of Inpatient Services at Piedmont Healthcare. Uh, She's here to tell us about our staff's journey through fighting the COVID, and everybody knows about that, the COVID crisis, and what they've learned through all of the ups and downs of the crisis. Uh, All right, let's get started. Amanda has a story for us. Tell us a little bit about yourself before or why you went into nursing, and then uh, after that, being hired by uh, Piedmont Hospital. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, I've been a nurse for about 17 years, and I kind of owe that to my parents. They, um, when I went to college, I actually was going into physical therapy, and my mom has always said, you're going to be a nurse one day. Like, I think she just ingrained that in me. and. Um, it even says it in my fifth grade yearbook, what do you want to be when you grow up nurse? (laughs) And so I, you know, I've been in Athens for 11 years now. I actually came here as a travel nurse. Um, and so I was doing travel nursing for about four years and that's basically moving every 13 weeks to a different hospital. Um, I was out on the West coast for a long time. Um, but I got to see a lot of different facilities, so that was a great experience. But I came here in um, about 11 years ago as a staff nurse and um, fell in love with Athens, the community. I love the hospital, one of my favorite hospitals I've worked at. Um, and then I also met my husband, um, so I came on as a permanent nurse. And then kind of worked my way up through management. I was a unit-based educator and then became a manager for several years. And then um, most recently, the director role. Um, So it's been an exciting journey. That's a stepping stone, isn't it, Uh, as far Mm -hmm. as nursing goes? uh, You know, I have a particular interest in you and what you're going to talk about because my wife is a nurse. And not only is she a nurse, she was a nurse in the operating uh, outpatient operating room there at Athens Regional oh, at that nice. time uh, for 30 years. And, oh, wow. Uh, and guess what? Her name is Amanda. Oh, <laughs> that's so awesome. We've got a lot in common. There's no, no yes. question about that. Uh, yes. Now, do you have to pass certain goals or certain tests, I guess, or whatever to get to the point where you are a uh, uh, a director. I, I'm sure you do. It just doesn't happen. No, I mean, you know, I think m- my journey has been more, um, you know, once a door opens, another door opens. And, um, you know, I really never expected myself to even be in a leadership role. You know, I went into nursing. I absolutely love taking care of patients. I love being at the bedside. Um, but once I, you know, kind of um, stepped out out a little bit to do something different and became the educator, um, you know, I think you you start seeing, okay, well, I have some leadership qualities, and then um, other people notice you, and um, 
kind of start planting seeds. And um, we developed a nurse residency program. And, you know, that was kind of my, the, the next goal into management. Um, you know, I love investing in our new generations and our new nurses. And that, that was a real um, honor to, to start that program. And, um, you know, it just started growing from there, really. Well, you, you, you built a legacy, you might say, with this residency program because yeah. uh, those nurses would have never had this, the same training that mm-hmm. they got with your program had you not started it. And uh, I, yes. I just have, like I said, such a respect for nurses because I think it takes a particular type of person to be a good nurse. I really do. Uh, I mean, maybe anybody can be a nurse. I don't know. It's very hard to get your diploma. But but to be a good nurse and to be one that's dedicated and has compassion, which I don't see how you can help but have compassion if you're going to be a nurse. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Well, now, the uh, things were going along pretty good for you, <laughs> as they were for the yes. whole country. <laughs> Everything was just peaches and cream, and we were all in a good economic uh, environment, and we all were making a little money, and uh, everything looked like it was going to come up, continue to come up roses until this thing called COVID came along. Uh, I bet it just hit you like it did me, square in the face. Mm -hmm. The people that were on board like you, uh, you all had a a very serious obligation to continue in your roles. Yes, definitely. I think... You know, we heard about COVID and we knew it was, you know, getting getting worse in other areas. And and um, you just we weren't there was so much unknown and you didn't know when it was going to hit. I mean, we figured we would get a patient at some point in time. We just did not know when that was going to happen. Um, and I actually remember the phone call that it was on a weekend and it's like, okay, we have a potential COVID patient. And we, we had some planning in the beginning and, um, you know, how we were going to cohort, um, COVID patients and have it more in a, um, specialized area. So we had the staff training that we needed and all of that. Um, but I don't think anybody was really fully prepared because there was, there's still so much unknown with it. Well, and yeah, you know, trying just to protect yourself was, was one thing yeah. uh, mm-hmm. that, that took a great deal of uh, effort and put you in a position of trying to understand that uh, if you didn't protect yourself, you couldn't protect the others. Yeah. Where were you in the realm of uh, the COVID patients? Were you on that floor or? So we, I oversee our, the, the units that we utilize for COVID patients. Yes. So I've. I oversee those areas and work with the frontline nurses that are on those on those floors, which I have to give them a huge shout out because really they are the true um, heroes in all of this because there was there. It's almost a new specialty now, you know, taking care of a COVID patient that's not in our textbooks. We never learned um, about this virus and the disease process and all of that. So they have really, you know, worked hard with our physicians and in all of our administration on really figuring out um, how to take care of our COVID patients. And I am just 
blown away um, at the care that they provide our patients and what, I mean, they have it figured out now, um, which is amazing. And in the beginning was such an obstacle trying to figure out, but I feel like we're in a place, um, not that, that it's gotten any easier, but at least we've worked through a lot of processes and, um, you know, have really ironed out a lot of the kinks. Well, you had to develop your own protocol, right? Oh, yes, uh, definitely. Start to finish. Y'all didn't know what this stuff was. <laughs> nope. Nor did anybody else. But in the long run, maybe that makes it better because you have to work from scratch uh, to make it uh, all positive and, and productive. And uh, it yeah. sounds like to me y'all developed the right protocol. I, but you had to, didn't you call on the other hospitals and things like that for what they were doing? Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we definitely leaned in on other facilities and definitely CDC recommendations. And, um, I mean, it really takes a village. And, um, you know, someone may have figured out a better way, um, a better process that, you know, we want to implement or we may have figured out something. So you definitely work together. And that's what's been so nice you know, with the Piedmont system as well, because we have our sister hospitals that, um, you know, we can talk through and work through. It definitely was a phased approach. Um, and we're still continuing to, you know, change things as needed and, and adapt to what's going on. But it, it definitely was a group effort for sure. Well, thank goodness the uh, flow of patients, COVID patients, into the hospital has uh, come down significantly. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, if it if it didn't, it would really be a uh, a challenge to say the least. Uh, yeah. Wh- what about uh, the hospital? How did it? Oh, I don't know. How did it uh, deal as a hospital? Uh, and, and were all the COVID patients like on one floor or something like that? Or? Yes, we we worked really hard to cohort and have the COVID patients in one area. And um, I think that was just very important, like you mentioned earlier, about safety and protecting yourself as well. So um, I know there's a lot of information out there about PPE and, um, you know, it's very strategic how you put on your gown, gloves, and mask and how you take it off so you don't put yourself at risk or cross-contamination. And so we felt like it was very important to have the patients in one area as, as well as, um, you know, having staff that are well-trained and, um, oh my gosh, they're probably so tired of us. We did huddles every shift throughout the shift. Um, you know, we do a lot of um, peer coaching and and well, now, now explain those two terms to me: huddle and peer coaching. How does that work? Yes. So basically, huddling is we get everybody up at the nurses station, and it's almost like a you know, if we're talking about our protective uh, equipment, how or if there was any change. Um, in a protocol or anything, we would huddle with all the staff and basically have a discussion because I'm a firm believer our frontline staff, the nurses and patient care techs, they normally have the answers and the solutions of a problem. And so we spend a lot of time, you know, reevaluating things. So what we call a huddle 
Um, we would, you know, either we would do it in the middle of a shift or at the end of the shift or at a start of the shift. And we, we did this very, very frequent in the beginning um, just to iron out and to say, okay, what do you need today? What, what barriers do you have? What can I help you with today? And that was, that was very important. And then the peer coaching piece of it is, you know, you really going back to putting on, you know, your gown, your gloves, mask, all of that, you have to be very strategic. So the staff would, um, you know, watch each other do that and say, okay, make sure you do it this way or, you know, because you just, you don't want to contaminate anything. That's very important. And um, we wanted to make sure, okay, right off, let's, let's, Let's make sure we're doing this right and have good habits and not create, you know, have any bad habits going into this. Well, the only huddle I know anything about is a football huddle. <laughs> <laughs> and I know they have to do that every single play. So yes. maybe you weren't as bad off as they are. Uh, <laughs> but aren't there like eight or 10 nurses for every one doctor in a situation like that? Yeah, um, it's, it's, it varies depending on the unit and specialty and all of that. I think that the nursing staff are, work very closely with the physicians on these units, um, which, you know, they have been so very supportive. And they join our huddles as well, <laughs> which is very important to be engaged. Well, um, yeah, you had to communicate just frequently with your doctors so that y'all yes. could use both of your expertise. No question about that. What was the peak of the COVID uh, crisis? Uh, did you have, maybe you can't tell me this, but did you have like 15 or 20 patients or something like that? Yeah, I can't really go into any of the numbers or anything like that. But I will say, you know, I feel like it definitely felt like more of a peak in the beginning just because of the logistics with testing. You know, testing wasn't completely ironed out. We were having to send tests off campus, um, relying on, you know, results that we weren't sure if we were going to get back in a day or so or five days. Um, so once I think all of that really ironed out and we know are true positive cases. Um, I think that really helped us um, from that standpoint. Let me ask you this. What uh, were you able to keep on board uh, the staff that you had uh, during the COVID that nobody, did many people leave uh, or, or what? No, absolutely. I, oh my goodness. I am just blown away with our staff. I mean, these nurses and patient care techs and everybody, they, you know, they are in this for our community and our patients. They 100% were devoted to this hospital and to the community. And we, that's what I just love about the team that we have here. It's like, okay, we know this isn't going to be easy. We don't have all the right answers. We don't even know what it's going to look like tomorrow. But, you know, we're in this together and we have to support each other. And it's a roller coaster ride. And, you know, we're all in different parts of the roller coaster. And I think that's what helped 
you know, us support the team through all of this. And, you know, our, the staff, you know, I mean, I've cried with staff. I, I think through all of this, I learned as a leader just to be vulnerable and not feel like you have to have an answer to everything. And that was really key in this and being, you know, on the front lines with, with the staff and, and really everybody pulled together. Um, it wasn't, you know, oh my gosh, this is here. I'm going to go work somewhere else. <laughs> it's, okay. How are we going to get through this together um, and work as a team, which was really amazing to see. Well, uh, two, sure. two things. One is as an administrator, you had the responsibility. It was a dual responsibility of keeping your staff safe uh, while mm-hmm. providing good health care. Uh, you can't let people go yeah. in there and get COVID and be able to work with the, with the people that had it. Uh, yeah, so that was a challenge. Yeah, I remember um, we and I think that's what's so strategic about us practicing and working together and all of that, you know, it, that was key for sure to well, keeping everybody safe. Absolutely. And um, oh, by the way, we didn't have any COVID uh, specialty doctors on board uh, before all this happened, did we? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, so you had to choose different uh, disciplines, like maybe you might choose an ENT or you may choose a heart person, heart doctor, cardiologist. Mm-hmm. You had all kinds of different disciplines to work with this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. We really worked closely with our pulmonologists and our intensivists in the ICUs. Um, they were very key to this. And then we also have our hospitalist physicians as well. So, you said you uh, got married uh, so many <laughs> mo- years ago. And uh, what about children? Do you have those? Yeah. Yes, I do. Um, I actually have a four-year-old, six-year-old, and an eight-year-old. I have three children um, at home too. Golly, bum! That's fantastic. <laughs> Yeah. I've got um, three, three boys, but mine are like in their thirties or something like that. <laughs> well, two of them are boys and the middle is a girl. So she keeps us, um, she keeps us all in line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I like to tell, I like to tell everybody and, and for, with my story, my husband really is the true hero in all of this, because I'll tell you the first month or so, um, he, you know, the kids, Two of them had to do virtual learning and, um, you know, he was just a hundred percent with the kids so I could be here at the hospital. Well, let's give him a shout out. What's his name? Yes. His name's Wesley. Wesley. Okay. I got you. Uh, Wesley Martin. Can you beat that? Yeah. Well, he had to participate in the overall uh, work that you did at the hospital or, you know, the kids wouldn't have an opportunity to learn or have a dad. And, and because most of the time they didn't have much of a mom, I guess she was at the hospital. Yeah. Uh, yeah unfortunately that's how it was in, in the beginning. Um, it was very busy, but we did, got through it, especially with his support. Did you actually some nights have to sleep up there? You know, I never slept at the hospital. Um, you know, I, 
there were definitely late nights and and things like that. But I I did not have to sleep at the hospital. And, you know, us being open 24-7 and being available 24-7, there were definitely evening shifts and extremely early shifts and things like that. But, yeah. Well, I know that you had to have in the very back of your mind, you know, I'm trying to protect myself, uh, not only for the other uh, medical staff and the COVID mm-hmm. patients, but also for my children and, and my yep. family. Yeah. Uh, and that had to be a high on the, uh, high on the importance of your yep. uh, journey. Yeah, definitely. It was, you know, um, it's interesting because I would, you know, I would go home and the kids knew they're like, okay, you know, no, no hugs. You know, mom has to go take a shower, change, and do all of that. And then, you know. How do you tell a four-year-old they can't hug their mom? I know. (laughs) It was was hard. It it definitely was hard. But, you know, now looking at it, I think they are experiencing this in a completely different way than any other child that doesn't have a parent in health care. And, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see too when they get older what they remember and all of that from this. But um, they love to brag about, you know, their mom and their mom's nurses and all of that at the hospital. So um, I like to think it's it's a positive, even though there's some of those things that were rough. Well, I'm sure. sure it'll be something we all learn from, and uh, yes. we'll be better for it if it comes around again. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, what's your hope for the future of the virus and, and how the hospital will impact it in the future? Um, you know, I just, I feel like, and I hadn't gotten a chance to say this yet, but, you know, we have been so supported by the Athens community. And I think that has been a huge piece in this. And, you know, we've had, we had a, a caravan, posters, lining the hallway, cards that were delivered, food, snacks, all of that. And I just, I feel like, you know, that that's what our hospital is here for is to support um, our community. And just that continued support is, is huge. Um, you know, I feel like there's still a lot of unknown, you know, where this headed, where it's going, um, you know, a lot of the schools opening back and, and all of that. So I think we're, we just are as prepared as possible, you know, and just rolling with the punches every day is flexible. Um, and I, I think that's a huge, huge piece of it. And, you know, we're just going to continue to support the nursing staff that, our hands on and, you know, continue to, you know, doing what you do good. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And giving them that support that they need as well. We, we love to do fun things too at the hospital. So. (laughs) Well, Amanda Martin, uh, I could talk to you all day long and I'm honored to have had that opportunity. I have a real clear understanding of what went on during the COVID crisis at uh, Piedmont hospital. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate what you did and all of your staff did and your dedication to your profession 
and I wish you the very best in the future. Oh, thank you. Well, it was an honor, and it's an honor to represent an amazing team here too at Piedmont Athens. So thank you for the opportunity. All right, we'll talk to you again, and uh, good luck on your future journey. Okay, thank you. Take care. All right. We owe a lot to our brave nurses, and Amanda is certainly one of those in the country. And we would not be here if it weren't if it were without them. So thank you, nurses, and thank you, Amanda, and thank you all the healthcare professionals everywhere. This episode recorded at Vega Studios, produced by Danielle DeHall. Also remember to follow us on social media. We will be posting our episodes on our Facebook page along with the website. Stay in touch with us and spread the word. It's all about hope. But before we go, I wanted to remind the listeners that I'm a huge supporter of the UGA Miracle, which is the largest student-run organization at the University of Georgia that raises money for children's health care of Atlanta. They raise over a million dollars a year, and you can be a part of that. Just go to ugamiracle.org, and you can donate. Remember, any amount given is a step closer to saving a child's life.